And always make sure to call 347-927-5448 to always join the conversation. You can listen to our Hit Talker show on our radio show app that's on Android and iOS. But it's guest time. And on this episode oh, 50 yeah. of Hit Talkers, the Emo Night Special, oh, yes. Andrew and I couldn't think of a better guest to bring on the program. He's one half of a pair who bonded over the music they grew up and fell in love with. The Brooklyn native took a nostalgic night of entertainment from local venues out to Las Vegas, to Florida, and even London. His name is Ethan Mack, and he is on our phone line. What's up, Ethan? What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me on. I'm doing well. You got it, bud. This is so exciting. This really is It exciting. really is, because it, this is the type of music, Ritz, that I've been in love with since I was a kid, and I got to see All Time Low and Blink-182, A Day to Remember in concert, and my girlfriend, she really hasn't seen these guys in a while, and she was even remembering how good this music was. It got through those long days in college. I'm just a kid. You know, life is a nightmare. <laughs> Simple plan, Rich. I'm telling you, Ethan, so great for you to come on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Fun. So I gotta, I gotta, we got to go to the start here. How did Evil Night Brooklyn get started? Uh, so it actually got started pretty organically. Uh, so Alex and I, my partner, we both grew up in England, actually. Uh, we've known each other since we were two years old. We've been best friends uh, now for, you know, like 25 years. Uh, and in England, we grew up listening to this music. We would constantly go to shows. Uh, amazing bands uh, would come to London, and you know you could bet we'd be there. Uh, and it all started kind of in our, uh, you know, basically in our parents' basement. Uh, we just kind of blast music, and you know, w- when we were of age, or sneakily when we weren't of age yet, we'd you know have a few beers, invite some friends over, and just like rock out to good music, uh, you know, good stuff like that. And then actually both went over to, when we went to college, I went to uh, Tufts in Boston and Alex, I say, followed me. Uh, He went to Berkeley School of Music in Boston. Uh, And so, you know, we kind of took the party from our parents' basement, you know, back where we grew up, now to our dorm rooms. And basically we just, you know, a perfect pregame would essentially be, you know, want to come over, we'll listen to some good music, drink some beers, and then we'd go out to the bars. Um, and it was really fun. And then, uh, we both actually moved to Brooklyn after college. Uh, and you know, again, we lived about 10 minutes away from each other. Um, uh, never lived with each other, by the way. Um, <laughs> that might be a bad idea. Um, but, uh, yes, we, we turned it into a pregame at our apartments and, you know, more and more of our friends would come over It would just be like, Hey, let's grab some beers, uh, blast some music, uh, and then go out. And, um, eventually we were like, Hey, like, I bet there's more people that would be down and, you know, maybe we could book out a bar or something and, you know, potentially get free beer if we bring enough people. That was really the main motivation, I guess, for our whole lives growing up. Just how can we get free beer? Uh, And so we uh, called this uh, bar uh, across from Alex's apartment at the time uh, called Cameo. And they said they had a basement that held 100 people. We were just going to put our laptop in the corner and just kind of blast, you know, great music that we grew up with. And uh, so we created a Facebook group, uh, you know, invited our friends. uh, But then our friends invited their friends who invited their friends. And slowly it kind of went a bit viral. And sure enough, on the day of our first show, uh, we had, you know, 
probably 500 people lining up to get in. It was, you know, no cover or anything, uh, but it was packed instantly when we started the show at midnight, uh, which was awesome. And sure enough, we got a lot of free beer. So we got what we came for. Uh, and then you had, and basically it was the best night of everybody's lives. We, you know, screamed and screamed and danced along to all of our favorite songs we grew up with. And it was really cool kind of discovering this community of, you know, a hundred other people who also wanted to do the same thing and just kind of like relive their childhood and, you know, forget problems going on in their lives right now and just, you know, scream along and uh, it was, and get really drunk, obviously for those that drank. Uh, and it was awesome. And the venue was like, that was amazing. By the way, we have an even bigger real venue upstairs that holds 250 people. Would you guys want to do it again? So, you know, we were obviously like, yeah, that sounds great. And so a couple months later, you know, same thing, no cover. We just created a Facebook group um, and it kind of got even bigger. It was like, you know, a thousand people were going on Facebook. Uh, and sure enough, day of, there was like a thousand people lined up around the corner all the way through Bedford Ave. Uh, and it was packed instantly. People couldn't get in. It was like the craziest night ever. Um, and everyone had an amazing time. And it was even better than the night before. Um, and so from there, uh, we basically were like, hey, like, this is awesome. Like, let's keep doing this. Uh, Brooklyn Bowl, one of our favorite venues, actually reached out to us and was like, hey, we'd love to host your next Emo Night Brooklyn. Um, and we were like, absolutely. Like, again, this is a venue that we've you know, always gone to to see shows and we love going to just on a regular night out. So, you know, any chance to, you know, throw a party there, absolutely. Uh, so the first one at Brooklyn Bowl, uh, it was crazy. It was, it, it was uh, 800 capacity and it sold out within like two days. Um, so it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, and then from there, we basically started doing it at Brooklyn Bowl every couple months. And slowly we just kind of upped the production. Our, Alex, my goal was to just make every party more epic than the last. Uh, and so we started bringing in, um, you know, guest DJs, uh, people, you know, who had been in, um, you know, famous emo, pop punk, rock bands uh, that we'd grown up listening to and idolizing. Um, so, you know, we got people like Kenny Vassoli of the starting line, Ascenders of the early November, um, and then in, and, and Fred Mascherino, formerly of Taking Back, Sun, Taking Back Sunday, which was like absolutely crazy. Um, and it was just awesome. And people loved it. Again, it continued to be the best night of people's lives, um, certainly for us too. Uh, and then uh, we started traveling across the country. Um, Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas asked to do the Yellow Card Newfound Glory after party, which is where we're introduced to Ryan Key, who's now done like, I think probably 15 shows with us, uh, both in London, but also around the U S which was awesome. And then, yeah, from there we moved, uh, New York shows to every month and we started traveling to all different types of cities and putting on these shows. Uh, like you said, you know, in Florida, Charlotte, New Jersey, um, Vegas, San Diego, Phoenix, uh, Toronto, London. Um, really it's been, it's been pretty amazing. And, uh, yeah, Alex and I, it's been, a dream come true to be able to just party to music that we love with people that we've idolized with a whole community of, you know, a thousand other people at each show, um, you know, singing along to our favorite music that really made us who we are. So that kind of, that's kind of how we got started. And um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. So right now you really have come a long way 
a small idea becoming recognized on Facebook and throughout the country of more of a gathering. And it's very different to what we've seen the past few decades. People come together to go dancing at a disco with a DJ. Or you see people coming together and singing karaoke. This is just a bunch of people coming to a small room, drinking some beer, and listening to some great music. But one question I want to ask you, because right now it's very interesting Of the direction punk and emo and pop is made. Because I listen to a lot of it. And we see today genres, Ethan, are everywhere. Right? From EDM to 80s to 90s. Do you believe punk emo music is recognized in the music industry, has its own genre today? Do you believe that you go on a radio station and it's not alternative rock or metal rock or grudge It's actual punk emo music. Do you believe it's become an independent genre or it's because of you that keeps bringing this out there? Yeah, I absolutely do believe it's an independent genre. And, you know, I think it's a broad genre, too. You know, there's some people that are very that feel very strongly about being strict about the genre. Like, you know, this band is emo, but this band isn't, you know. But for me, um, it really encompasses an entire era. And, you know, there's like the first wave of emo you have, um, you know, at the, the 90s and like the late 90s, uh, bands like Jawbreaker and, and American Football and Mineral and Get Up Kids. And then you really have like the second wave of emo, which is, you know, early 2000s, um, which I would say is like, you know, Newfound Glory, Yellow Card, Taking Back Sunday, Brand New. Um, and then you have, you know, the kind of, next generation which is really what's going on now you know which is like all-time low state camps you know there's tons of different awesome uh new bands and again it's all part of what i think is kind of this broad genre that really encompasses like pop punk and emo um and you know sometimes we get people uh hating on us because you know at emo night brooklyn we'll play you know a blink 182 song or we'll play some 41 or good charlotte which some people would say well that's not technically emo but for us it's just like hey these are songs that we grew up loving and um you know if you listen to this band you most likely also listen to this other band so rather than get too serious about it and take ourselves way too seriously it's just about having fun and playing music that people love um and so uh yeah i think that's what makes the event really fun is you know we just don't take ourselves too seriously but yeah, I think it. I think it's definitely its own genre for sure. And I couldn't agree with you anymore that many people do get offended like that. They all believe that All Time Low is thrown into the alternative rock or All Time Low is here. Emo Night to me is that type of music. It doesn't get enough recognition like it should, and I'm glad that you and your partner Alex really excited. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that as well. And I just want to actually focus in on the title itself, Emo Night Brooklyn. Now, Ethan, was this the, the title from the very beginning when you first started, or was this like kind of thrown into the shuffle and you went with it? What was the, the, the title of your of this following from the very beginning, bud? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good question. So we weren't too strict on a name at first because we really didn't know where it was going to go. But uh, the first party was called There's No I in Brooklyn, um, which is a play on a Taking Back Sunday song. Um, and we thought that's pretty funny. Uh, and then I think the second part, the second party was called the devil and God are raging in Brooklyn. Um, 
But then we kind of just were like, all right, we can't keep thinking of like, you know, clever names because we're not that clever. Um, so we just kind of wanted to make it easy, something short, something catchy. So we're just like, hey, Emo Night Brooklyn. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, we love Brooklyn. We've, we've been living here the past five years. And, you know, even when we go to other, uh, when we go to other cities, we definitely take little elements of Brooklyn with us. Um, but we always definitely respect, you know, the local scene and the local culture. And it's kind of cool being able to play different, um, you know, different bands that may be local to that area and, uh, and things like that. But yeah, that, that, that's when it became at Brooklyn probably really like the third show. And I love that. And they didn't forget their roots because they do go all over the place and they still carry the Ebo Knight Brooklyn name. Uh, you, you can't have any more respect uh, for that. But when we come back from the break, we're going to continue with Ethan Mack of Ebo Knight Brooklyn That's here right. on this episode 50. And we'll see course, you soon. Make sure to call in 347-927-5448 to always join the discussion here on this episode 50. And you can also follow us on Twitter, of course, at hit underscore talkers. You can follow Andrew at Andrew Tweet Geo. And you can follow me at Rich J. Rivera. Ethan McAvee of Emo Night Brooklyn is back with us. Ethan, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Emo Night underscore BK. Uh, or, of course, you can like our Facebook page, Emo Night Brooklyn. Awesome. Great to hear. Right now, we are speaking to Ethan McAbee, one of the founders of Emo Night Brooklyn. This Friday night, Emo Night is returning to its birthplace, Brooklyn. And even though Studio 53 is in Staten Island, we kind of get ourselves together. We get into the car, and we go over the Verrazano Bridge, and we meet all of these great people. Well, I do, at least. I drove. I, I've been driving oh, every right, he time. Drives. I drive. I do try to give him gas. I drive. I you barely drink, and that's how it goes. Well, it's not my <laughs> fault that it starts at like 12 o'clock. Like, come on, Ethan. Some of us have work. No, I'm kidding. So this Friday night, <laughs> tell us about Friday night. Tell us about how the ticket sales have been and any surprises maybe mm. you can tell us over the air. Ooh. Well, first of all, I have to say you're a really good friend if you're the designated driver for Emo Night Brooklyn. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So, Thanks, Rich. Very nice job. Yeah, I would definitely be friends with you. Um, but yeah, because Ethan's all about the beers uh, at the end of the day. Be... <laughs> They're showing IPAs yeah, on the chalkboard. Gonna... <laughs> it's definitely going to be a party. Uh, but, yeah, this Friday um, we're really pumped because we're returning back to Brooklyn Bowl. Um, and right now advanced tickets are sold out. Uh, but we are going to be releasing 100 more tickets online right at midnight on Thursday night. So technically that's midnight Friday morning, the day of the show. Uh, and then once those are gone, uh, we are actually going to be holding some tickets to the door as well. So if uh, make sure to stay up Thursday night if you don't have tickets yet and get them quick. Otherwise, I would definitely suggest getting in line early um, on Friday night so you can make sure you get a ticket to get in. But it's going to be an awesome night. Uh, as always, we do have lots of surprises planned. Um, but, of course, lips are sealed. Um, we try to make the parties as epic as possible, and this one will be no different. 
Well, that sounds exciting. Yes, and what I love, I love that element, that that surprise factor of who who's going to show up. I mean, uh, you guys have had Ryan Key of Yellow Card. One of the shows I went to recently in the Sounds of Brooklyn over in Manhattan, uh, they had from Hawthorne Heights, uh, JT uh, Woodrow. So nice. that was really cool. So that's a really cool element of the show you guys bring out. Now, are there some special DJs that you, special guest DJs rather, that you guys would love to have in the future that you've never had before? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there are definitely, I mean, there's so many people from the scene that we've idolized, you know, growing up, but, you know, I, I'd say a few, you know, it would be, it'd be awesome to have, uh, well, I won't even say because we might, we might have in the future, but yes, there are tons of people. I know if Alex was here, he'd, he'd say, you know, Taylor Swift. Oh, he'd say Michael Sarah. <laughs> Taylor Swift and he Michael say, Sarah. Uh, I would say a lot of random different people. Uh, me, I'm I'm more about bringing people from the scene, from the genre. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I won't even say because we'll probably have them on a future uh, future show. But yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of great guests, like you mentioned, Jordan Pondick from Newfound Glory, Ryan Key from Yellow Card. We've had uh, you know Aaron and Spencer from Under Oath. Um, you know, there's been a there's been a ton of awesome people, um, and uh, yeah, there will definitely be more more for the future, so we're pretty pumped about that. Now, Ethan, you say future shows. Future shows, we might see some great headliners, like Alex from All Time Low. Yet, the founder of Warp Tour, when he was asked in an interview, what do you think about Warp Tour? What do you think the future of Warp Tour is going to be? And he's like, well, it's not going to last forever. Eventually, it'll end. If someone asks you that question, like I am right now, hey, uh, Ethan, Emo Night Brooklyn, where's it going? Do you think it's going to end one day? What do you think? Do you think this is going to go on forever, or eventually you'll just end it, move on your separate ways? <laughs> you know, that's a good question, and I don't think Alex and I entirely know. One thing that we've committed to is this idea that, hey, even if it all ended tomorrow, we've surpassed our wildest dreams. We've had an amazing time and we've met some amazing people and we're really thankful. So worst case scenario, if that's what happened, that's what happened. Um, do I think it's going to end anytime soon? I don't know. I mean, I think right now we're in this really great Renaissance where you have a lot of different bands that are doing 10 year uh, album tours or, you know, reunions, things like that. Um, but, you know, from, from when I grew up, but the other thing is you have a ton of new bands that are emerging as well. Um, and Warp Tour this year was insane. It was like one of the craziest, it, I would say probably one of the best years of Warp Tour this year. Um, and there's so many new bands coming out and you know what we do, uh, we do a lot of 21 plus shows, but we're also doing a, a few all ages shows as well. And the place is packed. Um, with, you know, people younger than 21. And that tells me that, you know, we could continue doing this for many years. And, you know, maybe the music in it changes. Maybe it doesn't. Um, it, you know, depending on, you know, who, who comes to the shows in the future. But, you know, the important thing is Alex and I will never forget our roots. And this is the music that we will always love and that will always remind us of some of our best memories and so I don't think we'll lose any part of that. And 
you know, no matter, you know, how much older people my age who attend the shows get when they have kids or, you know, start, you know, maybe staying in more, I think people will always want to come out and celebrate their childhood um, regardless. But again, that remains to be seen. Like I said, we're, we're pretty pumped with, you know, how things have gone so far. And even if we're all to end tomorrow, we'd be super happy. Now, you guys mentioned Warp Tour, and I can't help but think about the current scene in music. Ethan, what acts of music today are you into? Yeah, um, I'm into, well, I've been into a lot of different stuff, but I'd say one of my favorite quote-unquote newer bands I'm into right now is probably State Champs. Um, and we had the pleasure of having Derek uh, and Tyler um, from State Champs uh, with us a couple times. Um, which was really cool and like they're killing it. But I mean, the scene is growing. It's, um, it's, it's amazing, but I'm also, you know, really into bands like knuckle puck and real friends um, and, you know, modern baseball. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a pretty awesome scene right now. And um, I'm excited to see what other bands pop up too. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I still love this music. I love how the way the music is given, hey, we're on the radio, it's traditional, it feels good though to listen to Pandora, or listen to Spotify, Apple Music, and be able to really explore a lot of these great bands. I'm not going to lie, my favorite band is All Time Low. I'm a little old-fashioned, I know their new song came out last week, They're, they joined Fuel by Ramen, new, you know, they, well, they went back to the label they, they once were on. One band I would say, Ethan and Rich, both of you, one band I would say I would love to see back is Forever the, the Sickest Kids. I know. Oh, yeah. I would love. They they introduced their new album, their hit song, Nikki, Nice to Meet You, and then they disappeared. I, Ethan, I'm on their website. Right, first got into them like three years ago. I was a little late to the ball game, And you just click on the tours, and it was blank. It was blank. And then before you know they went on hiatus. Right. But that's what I want to know. We see a lot of bands coming back. Newfound Glory's new song introduced last week, All Time Low, going for another album. Paramore, rumored to return in 2018. The drummer has decided he's going to jump back in on it. Uh, how, right. how excited are you for, for some of these reunions? You did mention before a lot of 10-year anniversaries like Mayday Parade and All Time Low. You know, How excited are you for yeah. a lot of these reunions, Ethan? I'm really stoked. Um, and I think it just goes to show, you know, you asked the question, you know, is this ending anytime soon? But you have bands like Newfound Glory, which are doing their 20 year, a 20 year tour right now, who are coming out with new music. Um, you know, Taking Back Sunday just came out with Tidal Wave, um, you know, this past year. Um, you know, so the scene's not ending anytime soon, which is awesome. And then, you know, you, you have other, you know, like Bring Me the Horizon. Um, their, like, latest album absolutely crushes. I would love to see Forever Sickest Kids come back. And who knows, maybe this kind of revival will incentivize a lot of bands to come back. Like, hey, when's My Chemical Romance going to do a, a reunion tour? Um, I think that's the burning question on a lot of people's minds. Um, but one, another tour I'm really pumped about is um, the 10-year, um, four-year strong um, tour of uh, Rise or Die Trying. Like, that is such a great album, and, um, you know, that's going to be an amazing tour. So I think we're blessed with a lot of great albums, um, you know, 
coming up. And um, I know a burning question on a lot of people's mind too was, uh, you know, is the Academy is going to do a, a Santi tour? Um, you know, we just did a couple shows with William Beckett um, in Boston and Asbury Park, which was awesome. And, you know, he he wouldn't even tell us anything. So I think that's another burning question on people's minds. Like, you know, there's a lot of cool tours that have been announced, but a lot that haven't been announced. And I'm really hoping for a lot of those. I think the theme of this show, this whole, not just the interview, but this whole show is nostalgia. It really is. It is. It, it is. Uh, during, you know, maybe... Uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I wasn't really into the scene of music. It actually, I actually got more turned on to it over the last couple of years, you know, thanks, you know, certain people who still listen, you know, still listen to pop punk and even something like Emo Night Brooklyn that kind of brought me back into the scene that I never really touched on when I was, you know, in junior high, high school. So my question for you, Ethan, is this, what is, what has really changed between the music scene in 2007, I'll take 10 years ago then, okay. 2007 to 2017. Yeah, so obviously there's been a ton of changes in the last 10 years uh, in the music industry. Um, I think one of the biggest things is the ability to discover new music has gotten so much more now because you have things like Spotify, you have SoundCloud, you have YouTube, when maybe 10 years ago it was people buying CDs um, and you know, downloading uh, you know, MP3s uh, you know, and, and purchasing those. But, um, you know, obviously one of the negative effects is, you know, a lot of times artists will get, uh, you know, less money from people buying, from fewer people buying, you know, hard copies or just buying their music in general. But you do have the ability to discover more artists, which I think is really cool. Um, now, there are obviously tons of things in the music industry have changed, and I don't pretend to be an expert, but I think that's one of the biggest things. And when it comes to nostalgia, you know, people ask, like, you know, why is this, why is this event really popular? And nostalgia is definitely a factor. And I think a big part of it is kids, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, you know, when you're like 15 and 16 and discovering new music, now, 10 years later, um, you know, people my age were 25, 26, 27. It's kind of like we're all going through that quarter-life crisis where, all of a sudden we have way more responsibilities. We have jobs. Maybe we're onto our second job or a third job. And we really have to figure out what do I want to do with my life? Where do I want to live? You know, who do I want to have a relationship with or eventually marry? There's so many tough decisions you have to make. And you're no longer this, you know, 15 year old kid living with their parents um, where other people can make these decisions for you. And so I think one of the big allures of these nights is that nostalgia and like longing to be a kid again and just, you know, just being yourself and not having to worry about what other people think of you or expect and decisions to make. Instead, you're just surrounded by a thousand other people who, you know, are similar, who share this bond with you. And, uh, and it's really an amazing place to just release and, and relive those memories. Um, and, you know, it's, it's awesome. People make, best friends at Emo Night Brooklyn. People meet their girlfriends, their boyfriends at Emo Night Brooklyn. Um, and, it, and it's been awesome to see how the community has grown. Um, but I think that's one of the, you know, the big things. And it's what keeps us all together, you know, after these years. Emo Night Brooklyn, this Friday night, if you haven't got tickets yet, Ethan already mentioned that you can. And one idea, Rich, probably uh, not a, 
not now, but in the future, I would love, and I've never done this before behind the mic, we should do a live interview on the radio with these guys at Emo Night. Oh. Well, like, <laughs> imagine having like 100 people screaming and yelling, like watching us. Interviewing. Or, or like a pre-show. Like, yeah, Before right? like the actual show wow, takes off. that would be awesome. Right. Have a TV screen outside. Well, that would be an idea for another time. Emo Night, Brooklyn, Ethan, Maccabee, thank you so much for coming on Hit Talkers, taking out the time, and good luck this Friday night. Another great show. We hope to see you there on stage singing, dancing again. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me, and uh, we're looking forward to partying with you all this weekend. Thank you, Ethan. Uh, what a pleasure. And uh, when we come back from our second hour intro, Emo Night Brooklyn superfan and Riot Avenue founder Sarah Palenko will join us to break down the best emo song of all time in tonight's bracket. Don't go anywhere. And this episode of Hit Talkers is presented in part by Pinpoint Investigations and Security Corp. Need security training? Need security in general? Give them a call at 718-667-6422 or visit their website at pinpointisc.com. Pinpoint security, the next step in today's world.